Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the plague. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome to Tigers on Tap, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Stepping up to the microphone are Trey Lasley and TJ Willis. Join the guys as they talk all things Memphis Tigers and their favorite beer. Turn your volume up, grab your favorite brew, and enjoy the conversation. Now, let's get to the show. What's up? What's up? What's up? We're back. It's Trey. I am back with uh, the man bun king himself of Memphis, TJ. How's it going, my man? I'm good. Another win under the books. Can't complain. Three in a row. What do you say? Hey, it was ugly, but we'll take it, right? A dub's a dub. Yeah, I think Oklahoma would uh, love an ugly W right now. Oklahoma would, Arkansas would, SMU, Miami. Miami. Win's a win. Keep racking them up. Uh, All right, first things first. We're we're going into October, Saturday, October the 1st, 1st October game. So we're going to jump into a little Oktoberfest local theme here for the month of October for these four games. So tonight we're rocking with the Wiseacre Oktoberfest. I don't think I've ever actually had this one. I don't know that I have either. Right off the bat though, it's a uh, very festive can, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I was actually just looking at that, just trying to figure out what it was outside of the the two dudes on the front. So, yeah, yeah, two uh, two Germans there. All right, let's jump into it. Initial thoughts on uh, on Saturday. First of all, I'll say it was hotter than heck out there. I mean, those that two thirty kickoff time, especially where we're sitting over there on the away side, brutal, straight in the sun. I mean, we're staring the sun right in the face. Yeah, I mean, it said it was 94. It may have felt like 98 over there. I mean, just absolutely beating us down. Yeah, we, uh, funny enough, we saw old Ren Baker over there, talked to him for a second, told him uh, if he ever comes back as AD, you got to make games like that at six, right? Weaker, weaker crowd. I think that plays like a Saturday midday. It's tough. People have kids sporting events and stuff. Um, temperature, it's hot. People would rather stay at home and watch, but uh, definitely feel like you got to get as many six o'clock games in as you can for sure. Yeah. They were- I mean, it's unfortunate. Our fan base is fickle. They'll find any excuse to stay home. So you got to do the best you can to cater to them and get the most people out there. So I think that's six o'clock would have been better. But it is what it is. You're also competing with the Redbirds Grizzlies mashup game that they have. Um, 
Basically, it's like a ticket package. You buy a ticket to the Redbirds game and you got a ticket for the opening night versus the Knicks as well. So it's kind of a combo thing. I mean, it's obviously the Redbirds, so not like a million people were out there. But I mean, I think the attendance yeah. was like 7,000. And there's definitely some overlap there that I think you were kind of missing out on. So, Yeah, for sure. Plus UT Florida was the same for time. Sure. I mean, if you... Yeah, that's tough too. If you give me that's the tough. option of sitting inside... And looking at multiple screens at once, watching multiple games in the air conditioning versus sitting outside, sweating my life away. If it's Memphis, I'm obviously going to go if it's at home. But any other game, I'm like, eh. Yeah. Well, I think that's the difference is, right, we're diehards. We have a diehard core fan base. And I think you saw most of them out there Saturday. But uh, it's the casual fan that you got to kind of cater to to get out there to, to get the numbers up so yeah there's definitely people in the city that are they'll come to memphis games they'll support but they're not a diehard so if it's if there's any reason to stay home at all they're probably going to stay home and they'll they'll check the game out they'll flip it on whatever but uh may not be packing the bowl like they like they could uh just general game it was a weird game to me man i was not uh wasn't anticipating the offense kind of sputtering like they did defense saved the day a little bit right yeah it was super weird i mean it it wasn't even like you would watch it and you could run the ball you can kind of move the ball and, and then it would just kind of fall apart like the the passing game wasn't there seth kind of looked like he was flustered a bit i just nothing really made yeah, there, sense you, you and I were talking about that. I mean, there were definitely a couple of times where a receiver makes a break and there's a window, right? It, we were like, throw the ball. And it was almost like he, I don't know if it was after that first pick and maybe he was just a little hesitant and the windows were a little smaller and tighter and, you know, was maybe just trying not to, to throw another one. But uh, there were definitely times where I felt like some we had an opportunity and we just didn't pull the trigger. Um, I would say too another aspect, and I know, you know, people don't like to hear it, but you lost your left tackle and left guard right very early on, and uh, the depth isn't really there, right? We've talked about some guys that are either redshirting or have since left the program in the last week or two, and you know, you take the whole left side of the line out unexpectedly, and it's going to take them a little bit to uh, kind of mesh there, especially mid-game. So I think. Definitely struggled with that. Struggled a little bit with, with getting Seth time that he needed. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, the running game wasn't it wasn't great, but it was. I mean, we had what 197 yards rushing, I think. Yeah. Um. So I, I mean, it, you were able to move the ball on the ground at times. Uh, BT had 15 for 84 yards, so 5.6 a carry, two touchdowns. Seth ran the ball 10 times for 54 yards. Uh, Asa with eight carries, 37 for 4.6. So, yeah, 193 yards rushing, two touchdowns, 44 attempts. I would like to see, I don't know, maybe more passing attempts, but uh, only 29 on the day. But Seth, man, 19 to 29, 141. I think that's a career low in passing yards, right, so far? Yeah, definitely career low. I mean, just not what we were, uh, not what we were anticipating out of a, a mean green defense that was coming in, giving up 503 yards of offense. Uh, you know, it's weird game. that in the press conference, he said that North Texas came out and they did some stuff that 
that hadn't done on film yet. And I, I get that that's confusing. Obviously, it's something you have to adjust to. But at the same time, like, you kind of have to wonder when the offense is going to, like, just stop caring what the other team does. You know, they, they keep saying this. Um, and Yeah, yeah they're going to, you know, we'll, we'll take what they give us. We'll take what they give us. Well, the idea is just do what you yeah, do. They're not trying to give you anything. Make them stop you. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not what you do. It's kind of how you do it. Just go out and do your thing and, and let them kind of cater to you. So I, it yeah. kind of annoys me to hear that. They're like, oh, we didn't we didn't plan for that. It's like, what the fuck? Just go out there and be you. Like, why, why do you need to cater that's, to them? That's not the first time we've heard that on either side of the ball yeah. either, right? Tyler mentioned it like uh, last week about Arkansas State. Yeah. It was like they came out and did things that we weren't expecting or we hadn't looked at on film. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, most teams are probably going to try to do that. Yeah, you know, They're not just going to come out and play for play run what they've already put on film so yeah that's that's definitely a little bit concerning and i agree with you i think come out be who you are like you said the defense ain't gonna try to give you anything so just take it come out and take it from them um all right it is a win so we are gonna do our uh good bad and i mean i'll say beautiful but yeah i'll just say like (laughs) super super decent looking i don't know uh, I'll let you kick us off. What did what did you have uh, good from Saturday? I'm gonna say uh, the good was the defense ability to get stops on third down. That is something we have struggled with all freaking year. North Texas was three of fifteen on third downs, and uh, just given how the Memphis defense has been allowing fifty plus percentage on third downs for several games, you finally held a team to I think the math is twenty percent there. Uh, it was just refreshing. Right. And I think a lot of that was self-inflicted on North Texas. I did a lot of trash talking against Austin Ani. He's really not that bad, but his receivers are atrocious. They're not helping him out. He must be a listener. Yeah. He heard you. Yeah. He also heard me say he was going to throw two picks and that was a lock. That definitely happened. (laughs) Two two picks for tutties. (laughs) So yeah, it's you, you, you just want to see improvement. Right. And, and I think that, you know, obviously going from 50 and 60% down to 20% is not sustainable, but um, just any type of improvement, I, I think is an absolute win on third down. What did you have for your good? Uh, Yeah, my good was, I mean, we just mentioned it, but the takeaways from the defense, obviously there were times they struggled. They still gave up what 470 yards, um, 370 through the air. I think that was a career high for uh only but they were able to get takeaways and made big plays when they needed to right kind of definitely points where the offense was sputtering out a little bit weren't able to really get or sustain any drives um coming up with the two pick sixes and then the fumble inside you know north texas's own own 10 and we were able to punch one in there too to go up three scores um so while they did struggle at times and gave up a bunch of yards the defense did step up and and make some plays and uh, continue their streak of of, of takeaways. Um, you know, that's something that they talked about emphasizing through fall camp was they wanted to be a team that was able to come out defensively and, and get the ball back. And at least through four games, they've been able to do that. I think we're, we've got two turnovers now, and we've, we're plus seven in the turnover category. We've got nine, five picks, four fumble recoveries, and we've only turned it over twice. So... If they're able to do that, you know, I think a trade-off, if you give up some yards passing, but you're able to get takeaways and even score off of them, like, 
I'll take that trade every day, I think. So that was my good. To touch on your your third down, are you – I mean, I know that was good. We talked about it. We said that we've been struggling getting off the field, but the mean green coming in, they were like one of the worst in the nation offensively on third down conversion. So does that really – is that really saying more about the North Texas offense on third down, or do you think it's really a turn of – Hey, the Memphis defense is starting to be able to get off the field. You know, I guess we'll see this. Yeah, week. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say, right? I mean, it may be a little bit of both. That's what I was saying. It, it, that's such a stark difference from fifty and sixty percent down to twenty. You know, if if Memphis can just get them down to forty, forty five percent, something like that, it just anything lower on a more consistent basis. I mean, I think that's a drastic improvement for the defense. Kind of get them off the field, give the ball, give the ball back to the offense, let them kind of go out. Uh, and just get another crack at it, right? So it just, you know, I don't remember how many possessions statistically we had on Saturday. It felt like we had at least 20 possessions, like no joke. But unfortunately, a lot of them ended up punts. Um, but just, just giving the ball back to the offense, just another shot at it out there. It's just that kind of improvement we're looking for. Yeah. Any uh, Anything else good that stuck out? Uh, I mean, the running game looked better, right? I mean, I don't. 193 yards on 44 carries with two rushing touchdowns. I mean, it's 4.4 yards per carry. I don't think you can count on Seth. Yeah, I think it. I mean, it was it was decent. I would say I was hoping we'd come out and and be here, well, Monday night looking at this and have a hundred yard rusher for the first time. BT got close, but uh, I mean, there were definitely times where we were able to to run the ball, but I would still say not quite where you want it to be. No, I mean, 193 is good. I just, the part that worries me about that is that, you know, 54 of those yards were Seth. And like, that's not, that's uncharacteristic of Seth to run it 10 times for 54 yards. You just, you can't really account. Yeah. And those weren't, those weren't designed Seth runs either. That was him. Yeah. Extending a play. You know, yes. we talked about the offensive line issues. That was, the protection wasn't there, and he was just tucking and going. And so, if you if you kind of take away Seth's bulk load, I mean that drops down to 139 yards on 34 carries. So it's still four yards per carry, yeah. like it's still successful. But you know that kind of and 30 30 of those 54 Seth yards came on one carry. Yeah, <laughs> on one scramble he had. So it's a just a pretty stark difference if going from 193 to 139. Right, we're talking. Um, you know, the upper half of college football and rushing yards per game kind of situation. You know, we're talking probably in the 40s nationally, and then 139 is probably in the 70s or 80s nationally. So it's just a big jump there, but I'm okay. Me personally, you know, I've kind of touched on this before. Um, I, I'm okay with not running it for as many yards as long as, we kind of give some of that up for the passing, right? We're going to sacrifice some of that for a higher, more prolific passing yards, giving the ball to Seth, you know, 30, 40 times to throw it around. Uh, he's your best player. That's who I want to have the ball in his hands. You know, 10 seconds left in the game, give the ball to football John Morant and just go let him do things. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to pass the ball out to, you know, saw running back to do a, a pass downfield or anything stupid like that. Just give Seth the ball and let him do his thing. Did you just did you just give Seth another nickname? 
He needs another one. Football jaw? Yeah, he needs another one. He's only up to like eight now. Football jaw. So we got we got a lot of basketball references to the, the QB room. We got Gridiron Penny with Tevin. Now we got football jaw for Seth. I don't hate it. Don't hate it at all. All right. Um, let's move on to the bad. I'll go first. I've got two down. The first one, though, obviously we've touched on it a little bit. Just offensively. I mean, definitely not what we were anticipating, but third down for us. We talked about how good the defense was at getting off third down. <laughs> the offense was getting off the field on third down, too, which is not what you want to see. Two of 12, 16.7% conversion on third down. Absolutely pathetic. And it wasn't, let's see, our average distance to go on third down was almost seven yards. It was nearly every third down was about third and seven, which is just not where you want to be. And Seth talked about it in the post game is like some of that was just getting behind the sticks early downs, a holding call or a, you know, a tackle for a loss, a sack, taking a sack. Um, but two of 12 was uh, not good at all, Bob. No, that's uh, that's pretty bad. And that can kind of spin off of that because that's kind of where I was going with mine. Uh, my bad is just the stagnant offense in general. And damn, I don't know if it's guys not running the right routes. Is it poor blocking? Is it a scheme issue? You know, is it we're doing too much zone as opposed to more just like power run, you know, you know, rolling traps and things like that. Is, is Seth overthinking things? You know, I, I kind of, you know, you talked about it earlier, you know, there were a couple of times where he had two shots. He looked at taking downfield and he kind of hesitated and um, he just kind of lost a play. Right. He, he hesitated so much. Yeah. He, he lost his guy and then he was set to like, OK, now think quick next progression. But at that point, we're already three or four seconds into the play and the pressure's coming guys are covered and it was just kind of like, OK, scramble or take the sack. And it was just there's a lot going on. You know, I, I don't want to say yeah. that he looked like he was scared to make a mistake, but it kind of came off that way. You know, playing against his hometown team, I'm sure he knew a lot of those guys. He looked like he was scared to throw an interception or scared to make a mistake. And um, he's just one of the few quarterbacks this season without a turnover. So that kind of stuff can kind of weigh on you. And yeah. I'm not saying like that yeah. was going on in his head, but, you know, it, it it can, right? That can totally kind of mess with you if you're one of the guys oh, who hasn't sure. thrown Especially after, yeah, after and after he came out early and, and threw that first one too, you know. Um, there may be a little hesitancy to, and you're just kind of overthinking stuff at that point maybe, right? Yeah. Like you don't want to, to have another turnover. And um, You mentioned the pressure. That was something also interesting that uh, they talked about in the post game was I think statistically looking at it, uh, North Texas had had sent some sort of blitz like 10% of their defensive snaps and like 90% Saturday they were sending pressure yeah. from all sorts of spots. So, um, you know, credit to them, but yeah, I mean, it just felt like Seth was just didn't have time. There was a lot of pressure coming. He was having to make quicker decisions and was just maybe thinking a little too much. Um, and they ended up with, with North Texas ended up with three sacks, five tackles for a loss, and three QB hur hurries. So they were bringing the heat 
Um, and I, I feel like, I mean, are you going to, are you concerned at all moving forward that, uh, teams are going to kind of use this defensive tape to, to try to slow us down almost, almost like, Hey, we'll let you try to run the ball and just not let you air it out because we know that's what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, they should. Right. I mean, and I think a lot of that, I'd be curious to know the percentages of times that they blitzed once Alford came in or, you know, you've got a fresh, a fresh guard in there. Someone who's not used to seeing all the snaps like gamble would be, Hey, it's a new guy. Let's attack him. Right. Let's make him think immediately. Um, so I'm wondering how much of the- well, not just offered. I mean, you had Pounders as a freshman come in too, who's missed several weeks with that injury out of the Mississippi State game, right? Yeah, so, so there's the whole left side in general. So I, two guys that that don't have a whole lot of play so far this year is just kind of yeah, bring the heat on them and see how they handle it, right? Yeah, I, I think that you would be smart to do that. Obviously, we don't know who's going to be back um, come Saturday. Everybody's kind of day to day per Ryan, so. Um, you know, everybody always day to day. It literally is. I mean, think of all the guys that went I down know. in that game alone. I mean, it's um, yeah. it's a handful of dudes, and there's some that we haven't even heard back from yet. So, um, it's part of the game. Kind of is Gam- what it is. Gambled two weeks, two weeks in a row, looking like he. I mean, he came back last week after it, but um, and he's not the only one. We've had several guys this year where they go down, and it it looks like it's uh potentially season ending yeah and then they're back in the game so who who knows day to day like you said all right trey uh, let's get to the good parts right what about your beautiful beautiful we'll say super decent um this is feels so lame to say but shout out to joe doyle and his punt game he flipped the field several times I think officially he had three punts downed inside the the 20 uh four 50 plus yard two of them i think were even downed inside the five or ten definitely um but shout out to joe not a whole lot of times you give give a special teams beautiful i'm gonna say probably uh but for me saturday super decent looking though joe Doyle in the punt game yeah Pinning the mean green back. Yeah, he, uh, he looked good, man. He dropped a couple in there on the 10. I don't remember how many it was exactly, but it was a few. I think it was at least three he dropped within the 10. He and uh, shout out to Julian what, Barnett. The first one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the first. That's what I was about to mention. The first one was going to be perfect. Joe hit it. It was bouncing out of bounds at the one, and Julian uh, ran in there and downed it. But, uh, yeah, shout out to uh, Joe Doyle Rules for Saturday's performance. I'm going to kind of spin off you from earlier. It was a good for you, but it's going to be a super decent slash beautiful to me. And that's the defense getting turnovers, you know, nine straight games with the turnover. Now, Um, you know, it seems like a great game plan, right? Just, Hey, defense, go get turnovers, but you know, a little unsustainable uh, for the most part in terms of just expecting that every game. Right. But if they can continue to get takeaways and let the offense hey, go back, hey, out they there, said expect it. I, they good. want us to expect it. That's that's not out of the ordinary. Give me something. I mean, as of right now, there's nothing on the defense that is that I see that gets me excited, other than the potential of a you know getting a turnover. Secondary has not looked great. You know, there's been a couple guys that have been in place and then just not made a play. Yeah, there's yeah, zero that pass happened rush. Twice. 
Like absolute yeah. zero. Twice Saturday, I can think of a DB being right there and just not able to make the play. Both of them are touchdowns. Yeah, too. It, it's just little stuff, right? So if you can give me a turnover or a takeaway in some facet, like you know, give me that because I, uh, you know, anytime we have more shots of putting up more points, I really believe we can kind of turn some of this disgruntledness from fans around and just it just put points up, right? Uh, that's apparently what people want. It's not just winning; they want you well, to we, score big. You got to put. You got to put points up and keep the other team from putting points yeah. up too, though. We can't keep getting in these almost shootout s games. Keep trying to outscore people. Beat somebody by fifty. Make it Temple after that trash game last year. I hope we put up fifty on them. Yeah, this would be a good one. If you're holding anything back, I would really like it on this one. Joey caught it. Yeah. Joey did catch it. Oh, that was so ridiculous. We should have been 12 and 0. 13-0, heading into the combo. We would have could we could have been under could have been claimed national champions like uh, UCF. stands out to you anything that you know as a player we need to watch for offensively or defensively yeah let's go offensively first uh they've made a change at qb we talked about that so dewan mathis who i think we might have been the only team in the nation to make him look good at the qb position they've since pulled and fun fact ej warner yeah, you may under you may recognize that last name. Kurt Warner's son is now under center for the Temple Owls, and uh, I think he's he seems to be decent. Yeah, he's got he's like sixty percent completion, five hundred yards, five touchdowns. I think he's thrown a couple of picks so far, but uh, I, I'm just I'm I'm worried about the DBs. I'm worried about getting pressure on the quarterback. So. Uh, he seems capable enough, Warner back there, that if, if we can't get to him and our DBs are struggling, that he may be able to carve us up just like uh, your boy Anu did. Even though you said uh, Austin Ani was trash, he uh, he made our defense look like doo-doo butter. Anytime you give someone all day, I think that's uh, kind of bound to happen. And they Temple's got a couple of wide outs that... Uh, Seem to be pretty decent. Um, so we'll see. Uh, Adonka Sanders, seventeen yard or seventeen receptions, thirty six, two hundred thirty six yards, a touchdown, six one one ninety senior. So, um, somebody keep an eye on, and then Jose Barbin, another six foot one eighty five senior. Uh, 16 receptions, 183 yards. No touchdowns from him, but those are their two leading receivers. Um, and then they've got a larger tight end. I know how you feel about those big-bodied tight ends. They seem to give us 
problems all the time, especially down the middle of the field. But uh, seven receptions, 100 yards, two touchdowns from Jordan Smith, their tight end. He's a 6'5", 230 junior uh, out of Fort Lauderdale. But I think Temple could come out and uh, maybe have some success in the passing game. Yeah, yeah. I've made it clear. Six five tight ends always stand out to me. It's just, it's a bad matchup for us. So that's definitely one I'm going to look at and kind of watch how that plays out. Um, just from a man standpoint, like I don't even know who you'd put on him. Uh, Quindell, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. I mean, when you when you look at this team, they're they're not good, and I mean that like you know respectfully, they're trash. Um, you know, in terms of the offense, they're at the bottom of the American and scoring offense. They're in the bottom for rushing offense, total offense. Um, they are above Navy and US, uh, USF in passing yards. You know, that's that's got to be something, right? So, I mean, the company that they keep is not ideal. So I, I think that kind of preaches to how bad they've been. And that's kind of wild to say because they're not really playing world beaters. I mean, they've played... Uh, Duke at Duke, and they obviously got smashed there. Uh, Lafayette, Rutgers, and UMass. So it's like, you know, they're not really, they're not playing the toughest of competition, and they look bad doing it. So I'm very curious what they're going to put out there on offense, and I'm sure they'll just spread it out and roast us through the air now that I've said that they're not very good. That's kind of how this works now. Yeah, you keep calling people trash, and then uh, they just shred us to bits. Yeah, we still win. That's all that matters, it's baby. Also, I mean, it's also tough, right, because EJ Warner just kind of took over recently. I think he and Mathis split in the Lafayette, and that's, like you said, that's not Lafayette, Louisiana. That is the Lafayette Leopards that they uh, beat 30-14, to 14, but they kind of split uh, split snaps that game, and then I think EJ's taken over the last two games against uh, – UMass and Rutgers, but yeah, we'll we'll see what we get. I mean, he had a he's had an okay showing. I feel like they've moved the ball a little bit better. Um, but uh, yeah, imagine they just don't really know a whole lot what to expect out of the Temple O. I just imagine they're going to follow the UNT's approach and just pass more than they have in any other game, and uh, you know. Although they've seemed pretty porous defensively, I think this is the game where we see the Tiger defense kind of step up, especially in the secondary. I mean, the, the team is Temple is not very good. Again, I'm, I'm jinxing the hell out of us just for saying it. They're young, and they have a new coach, so maybe they'll get there in time. You know, they, they have all the ability to be good. They have an NFL stadium, a young team that's uh, a, a good fan base and a good recruiting ground. So, like, they have everything – to be good, they just haven't had the right coach in place. Maybe Drayton could be that guy. I don't know. But everything I see now, they, they not, don't look good. Not the right coach since Matt Rule, you'd yeah. say? Oh, yeah, definitely. Matt Rule was great. Yeah, that was a different time in Temple football. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a game I would love to see more of the defensive line. I mean, we've there's been so much left to desire there. We've heard a lot in fall camp. You know, they were raving about Cremonte Hamilton. We heard a lot about Cameron Jackson. I just haven't, we haven't seen it. 
right? Jalen Allen has, has had some flashes, but even, you know, that's him coming off the edges of standing rush edge, right? He's not even, we're not even really seeing that four down front. Like, and it just seems like our, our, our defensive front is just getting locked up easily on every play. There's, I feel like we rarely have any pressure. We've got what, six sacks on the year. Um, I would love for this to be a game where, uh, we get to EJ Warner a couple times, kind of getting to build up a little bit of confidence for the defensive line moving into Houston next week, but uh, just a lot left to be desired so far from uh, from the, the defensive front. Yeah, I you know going back to it, the defensive line when when they said we we're going to run a four man front, I was thinking more of a traditional four man front, like we would get four hands in yeah, the yeah four hands in the dirt, and they do use him that way sometimes and again it is just sometimes it's not very often um he stands up more than anything and um sometimes he's not even the outermost man right sometimes he'll stand up and stand between the the two tackles and um they kind of move him about freely and i think that really helps with his ability to get to tackles being able to read plays very quickly and get there to make a tackle and that's why we see um, a defensive lineman with so many tackles is just he's so quick and agile. But I was expecting more of a traditional four hands on the dirt, or maybe even Jalen Allen literally coming off the edge, like pure pass rusher off the edge, like yeah. lined up, you know, in that aggressive angle right off the tackle and just really make that tackle bow out to have to chase him and then open up a lane, a blitzing lane right there. So, um, you know, and maybe it's just a scheme thing, right? Barnes just does things a little bit different. He kind of bounces between four three and even a four two five at times. It's actually more four two five, it seems, than anything. Um, I think you had a really good point with the defensive line and just expecting more there. Um, you know, they do a good job of stopping the run. I, you know, I don't think they've. Uh, I think average out for like 130 on the ground, and that's after playing Navy. So those numbers are kind of boosted up a little bit, plus the pass defense being so bad, some teams don't feel obligated to run. But uh, UNT was a pretty good rushing yeah. team, and we kind of just shut them down. So maybe we are decent against the run as long as we can make a freaking tackle. So, Yeah, but back to your your whole point, was that, uh, was that UNT – just deciding they could shred us through the air, and that's why we were able to to uh, to kind of stop the run for them. I mean, I know they came in averaging what like two twenty five or so rushing yards a game, um, and we held them to a hundred yards. But I mean, they had thirty attempts, I guess, but uh, they threw the ball fifty times. Yeah. So. I don't know. Seems like Literal is going back to his true air raid days yeah decided decided to see maybe he went back watched the state film saw what worked and was like hey i'm gonna go <laughs> back to my uh my roots and really go back to air raid yeah he did a good job at that let's um let's flip the script right we've been talking about temple's offense what about our offense versus temple's defense anyone on the defense for temple that stands out for you yeah, they've got a couple of linebackers uh, that I think we need to kind of keep an eye on. One, uh, you'll recognize the name, Kobe Wilson, sophomore linebacker out of uh, Georgia, Snavelle, Georgia. Um, 
Leads the team in tackles. Kobe Wilson uh, and Jordan McGee, two other linebackers, are both leading the team in tackles. Uh, got a couple of sacks between them. Um, but Temple's identity for a while, while we've played them, they've always been a tough defensive, just a gritty, hard-hitting, good defensive yeah. team. Um, they're currently ranked in the top 15, I think, in total defense. I mean, some of that is obviously probably, uh, like you mentioned, plays more a part of into who they've played with Lafayette, UMass, mm-hmm. Rutgers. Um, Duke kind of had their way with them, I would say, 30 nothing. But uh, the last several weeks, their defense has been pretty stout. So uh, I would say for sure right off the bat, keep an eye out for uh, those two linebackers, Kobe Wilson and Jordan McGee. Yeah. Hey, to your point, Temple is usually pretty good against uh, on defense and more specifically against the pass than anything. And uh, only allowing 140 on the air is through the air is pretty good, right? I don't think we need to point that out by any means, but I think that kind of flashes back to whom they played. And I think you and I were talking before this and um, they played two teams who only passed it like 15 times. So obviously their stats yeah. are going to be down just a little bit when through the, the past defense stats and things like that. But he, yeah. And, and we, we watched a little bit of the Duke just to get a feel. I mean, we're running a lot of similar stuff to what Kevin Johnson Duke is running. Yeah. Right. And Duke was pretty successful against this temple defense. So, um, gives a little bit of hope. Uh, if you want to see what, what maybe we could, could see, you could go and watch uh, some of the highlights from that Duke temple game from week one. But, uh, I mean, Temple, they were able to throw for like 330 through the air, two touchdowns. Um, they had 175 yards rushing and a touchdown. So um, I think there are definitely weaknesses in that Temple defense that we could exploit. There was watching some of that film. Um, there were definitely, at least against Duke, some, some times where <laughs> what we've been very familiar with seemed like Temple struggled a little bit with some open field tackling. So if you could get Gabe or um, Eddie, somebody, the the ball in space, they may be able to be a little bit shifty, make some guys miss and kind of uh, get a a big play out of it. But um, we'll see right now. I mean, statistically, at least Temple's ranking in the, the top 15 from total defense. I think they're also only allowing 15 points a game, but, uh, I don't know if that is probably more saying of of who they've played so far rather than really what it says about the Temple D. Yeah. I went back and looked at uh, defensive coordinator DJ Elliott. You know, they Silverfield talked about him earlier, and he's been a DC for a bunch of losing teams. Like, he's been at Kansas, Colorado under Mike Mack, uh, Kentucky, but like, 2013 Kentucky, so like a super early introductory Mark Stoops time frame. So just really did de coordinated for a bunch of terrible teams. Colorado under Mac was good, no, though. No, absolutely not. They were good. Wasn't he coach of the year at Colorado? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think that's right. I think it was the Dan. Uh, you better check I think that. it was the Dan guy. I can't remember his name. Dan, uh, oh, whatever. Dan Hawkins. Well, I get your point. Been DC for a lot of bad teams. Yeah, I just think um, that continue. I just 
Forget it, dude. What are we talking about? This is a good bounce back game. After an ugly performance on offense last week, we're going to freaking smash these dudes. I mean, I, I said it in the season preview. I think I'm kind of talking myself out of it, and I'm feeling a little bit down after what the offense looked like last week. But I initially said this would be the game we score the most points on, and I think that just comes from a little bit of a revenge uh, from last year's game and the frustration. And I just, I mean, you tweeted it at Crams earlier, just pedaled to the metal, full throttle, hammer the gas and don't let up till the buzzer sounds. Yeah, give me that good stuff. Quit holding back, buddy. You know what I mean? Run back-to-back yeah. screens. So, really F with their heads. Uh, 11 a.m. game. Not a huge fan. I'll take it like a November 11 a.m. is fine. But uh, we'll see. Should be a good breakfast time, but uh, I'm worried it's going to be another weak crowd. Probably about the same as it was Saturday. Definitely won't be as hot. I think weather-wise, it's supposed to be beautiful. I think, what did you say earlier, like 72 at kickoff? Yeah, 72. Perfect. That was perfect football weather right there. The line, I don't know how you feel about this, is currently at Tiggs. Minus 20 and a half. Vegas has been pretty spot on the money. We were uh, questioning the last two weeks lines, but uh, what was the last week? 11. We ended up winning by 10. Week before that, it was, uh, what, 13 opened and we won by 12. So does 20 feel right to you? Yeah, I think that one's actually about right. Um, I would take the Tigers to cover personally, but, you know. Not here for my betting advice. So it's it's twenty, and I think the over under was fifty something. Yeah, three. I want to say. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at like a their Vegas is thinking like a thirty eight seventeen ish kind of game, probably thirty five seventeen. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to touch it. I've been burned the last two weeks believing in my tags. And then they, uh, they've they cost me some dollar-dollar bills. But maybe this week, dollar bills are on their way. I think it's about a bounce back. I think it's bounce back. Definitely bounce back. I think... Um, All right, give me uh, give me your, your first Tutty prediction. Uh, at this point, it's Caden Priestcorn. I don't even know why we asked the question. <laughs> it's Priestcorn. What are like, we talking we about? We said it question. last week. It's a lock. Three weeks in a row. I mean, this this is back to, what was that, a year ago when we were uh, every Monday night or Sunday night game, we were locked in on Devontae, Devontae Adams' first tutty, and it hit like 85% of the time. I really wish that uh, Tennessee would let you bet on uh, college first touchdown. collegiate player props <laughs> because I would be all over Priest Corn first touchdown. Um, I mean, you just got to ride it till it, it fails, right? right? And three weeks straight, it's hit. So I'm going with you. I mean, I'm riding the the priest corn uh, tutty train. First tutty, Caden. Uh, give me your offensive game ball prediction. I'm going to say my offensive game ball is going to Kobe Drake. After a great performance last week, I mean, that dude came out firing hot on offense. He was pretty much the only life we had in the receiving game. I think For they're going to work him series, back in. And then he... And then he went out because he got, he got I'm hurt, hoping yeah. he's good. But uh, that final catch across the middle when he got tackled, he kind of 
went off the field with it looked like a limp arm. So maybe it was just a stinger and they just kept him out. But uh, yeah, that is a very, very dark horse pick. Right hey, there. if Kobe is back and healthy, that's my pick. If not, whatever you want a boring pick. I'm going to go Joe skates, just burning folks deep. Woo-hoo. I like that. Where are you going first? I like that offensive game ball. Where are you going? Um, tough, tough. I'm gonna say Javon. I think I said it the other week, but he had a he had a great touchdown catch Saturday. I think this is another opportunity for him to come out and uh, have kind of a breakout game. He had a good game against him last year. Um, I'm gonna go Ivory. Maybe Respect eclipse that. 100 yards and a touchdown. Respect that. Seco. Uh, defensively, game ball. Seems silly to not pick one of, <laughs> um, I guess, either Quindell, Allen, Jaylen. or, yeah, or, uh, or Zay. Zay. Like, it seems silly not to pick one of those three. I mean, the, the seniors are really leading the team right now. I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to say we got a good game from Davion Ross. He was a guy that was there last week. He, he had the chances to mm. make plays, and he didn't. And this is more of a faith yep. pick in him because I need the secondary to be better. He was right there. What do you think? It's just pass breakups, turnovers? What do you uh, think? He's kind of a ball hot guy. I think he's usually pretty aggressive with the ball. Um, so I think it's going to be both. Uh, it's kind of so hard to predict the interception, but um, definitely pass breakups. I, I think just pure coverage and pass breakups. I'm going Davion Ross. Mm. I like it. I'm going, this is good juju. I'm pushing it on him. We've talked about the defensive line. Need to be a breakout game. I need my boy Cameron Jackson to eat. That's a good pick. Big game. Give me two and a half sacks, a forced fumble, maybe a a fumble recovery in the end zone for a touchdown for the big man. I don't know. But uh, I need a defensive lineman besides Jalen. And he doesn't even count as a defensive line. He's an edge rush. Let me get Cameron Jackson defensive game ball. Get up in that backfield, Cameron. Yeah, that's, that's a good pick. He um, He's a- – all you can eat of EJ Warner. That's a big dude, and their center is really big too. He's just as big as Cameron, essentially. I mean, he's like, dude, and Cameron. If you're listening, I saw a video of you the other day dunking that thing, bro. You should be blowing these lines up and dunking all over these quarterbacks. I like the mashup, dunk on their head. Did you see that video? I did not. That was a good video. He seems like a big dude to be out there Dude's dunking. Ath- I know. Dude's athletic. He can hoop. Uh, all right, give me your score prediction. I am going to say Memphis 30. People are going to hate this. Memphis 38, Temple 17. I, I think it's going to be too low scoring for a lot of people to like really love it. But That's it, a cover, cover, it does though. cover. You're right on the vague. I literally said that. You're right on the 38 points feels very comfortable. And 
there's nothing worse than when I don't factor in a field goal and they kick a field goal within like the first quarter. I'm like, mother effort. I'm already out. Like I'm not, I'm already, I'm already wrong. Yeah, that happened Saturday. They didn't did it? immediately. Yeah. I feel like you got to always factor in a field or if it's not a field goal, it's a freaking miss PAT, right? Which is what happened Saturday. Well, Temple's not make, known for making their field goals. They are actually, I don't think they've made one yet. The season? Is that a I fact? I think that's a fact. If not, it's a TJ fact, and I just made it up. So that would be wild if they really, I really don't think they have. Goal. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I saw that somewhere that they haven't made a field goal yet. No, look, attempted to. Well, they're 10 of. They're ten of yeah. They're ten of ten on extra points, and they're zero of two from field. They have only tr- attempted two field goals in four games. That sounds like us last year. <laughs> so they've missed one from thirty to thirty nine, and one from forty to forty nine. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe don't factor. It's in too a field late. I've already set it. The now. I'm already in at seventeen. I'm gonna go. Gosh, see, I want to say like forty two twenty one, but. I also said that this would be the game we scored the most points outside of UNA. So if you do anything under seventy, you're a clown. That's I mean, that's just what it is at this point. I'm going gosh, do we get fifty? Uh while you're crunching these numbers, I went and looked up the Mike Mack thing. He hired JD uh DJ Elliott after he was good. So he had Jim Elliott. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, excuse Jim Elliott. Um, so DJ Elliott is what made him exactly. back. He was DJ Elliott got him fired, and then he brought D- and then he brought DJ in and was fired. They sucked. Yeah, because okay. Jim sense. Levitt took the Oregon job. So then he hired DJ got Elliott, it. and then he sucked and got him fired. So DJ Elliott got Mac fired. Go. And that, basically, it's DJ Elliott's fault that we had Mike Mac. If it's full circle here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, we need to serve this. I'm going 49-21, right on your 70, right on the nose. That's probably way too much. This is going to be the defensive battle watch. It's going to be low scoring, but I'll stick with it, 49 I like it. I might have way too much faith. We've been playing all these close games. Tiggs, if you're listening, freaking blow these fools out, please. I Not long ago... My, it wasn't this go around. She know she now knows. I want to say it was basketball season. My wife asked who we were playing. I told her Temple, and she legitimately responded, "What is that?" <laughs> and I it couldn't be phrased better. What Temple? What are you? I mean, we should absolutely obliterate this team. Forty nine twenty one. All right. Any final thoughts? Nothing for me. I I just need a win here. Just keep winning, baby. Head into Houston. I know. I'm saying obliterate them. Just give me a dub. That's all I care about. I'm a Tigers fan, and all I'm caring about is wins. You win the game, I'm happy. You lose the game. It I'm not happy. That's really affects that. the rest of my weekend. I go into Houston, one loss, smash Houston, pack up, of the, pack up to hit the road. I mean, there's just so many things you need to do right here, and it starts with the win this weekend, 1-0. Just, just keep winning. Every game remaining on the schedule is winnable. Let's go. Let's be last year's Houston, severely fraudulent eleven and one ball club. I'll take it. Eleven wins. Let's do it. I'm all in. Protect the bank. All right. Let's review this. Lock beer. up the bank. Whatever the new slogan is. Bank the vault. 
I don't even know what they're calling it now. No, you can't. That's lock the vault. That's all mess. Get that out of here. Um, this is a good beer. It's a good Oktoberfest. Feels very festive. I'm uh I dig the can. It's not overly like it's definitely not, I mean it's not the best can I've ever seen, but it it's a good can. It's very Oktoberfest festive. Yeah, very say. German. You've got I mean what are, I don't know if those are just two German dudes drinking Yeah, beer there's drink. two German dude, you know, presumably in Lederhosen. You got a keg in there. You've got I guess some hops, one of those long pipe things on there. I don't know what this is. Is this mountains at the building at the bottom? At the bottom of it? Yeah, like what they're stand they're standing up above. It looks like mountains at the bottom. Yeah, I think I that know. is what that is. It's very festive though. It's got the good uh it's orange Halloweeny feel. It's a good beer. Can wise, I'm gonna go. There's a lot of detail on this can. Like somebody did this. You think this is hand drawn yeah, for sure? For sure. I'm, I might increase it because that's impressive. A lot of detail in there. Uh, 6-7 on the can. Okay. It's a decent can. I mean, it's not a great can. It's a good can. I was going to... Hard work on it's the can. A, I'm going a little lower than that. I'll probably go like a 5.4. There is a lot of detail. I'll give you that, but it's also super repetitive. Like it's like the same thing on each side. So like, I don't know, could have been a little more creativity, which makes it more impressive because it's so cement. They had to do that twice on both sides. They made it very with Microsoft paint literally right now. I would like to see your Microsoft paint version of this beer can. You don't even know my skills are out there, dude. All right, five four. What do you say for the beer itself? Um, it's pretty good. I actually really liked it. It um, it was good. There's a a taste to it that I can't like put. I can't like put in words what it is. It's like I don't know, caramel or malt. Like I don't, I can't pinpoint yeah, I it. Like it's very strong and whatever that. Yeah, malt, maybe it's malt that I'm tasting. It's very strong in in that manner. Um, I know that's like super beer nerdy kind of talk, but it was good. I mean, I could definitely drink multiple of these. I don't know if I drink like three or four, but. Yeah, there you go. I just pulled it up. Oktoberfest is a smooth, clean, malt forward yeah, German malt. lager. Okay. So that is what it is. That is what it's a mouthful of malt right yeah. there. That's definitely what like it is. A handful of Whoppers, but like without the chocolate part. Toasty bread and subtly sweet malt qualities emerge right before the beer abruptly and cleanly finishes. I would agree yeah. with that. It's good. Um, again, I wouldn't be able to drink more than two. I wouldn't want to drink more than two of them. Um, yeah, I would say two is pinpoint. I mean, that's from a, a smash ability Two is right on the number. I would say a very good fall evening, like watching a, Watching a Tigers game, away game, and just having two of these. That's definitely what it is. I'm going to go... It was good. It's a good Oktoberfest beer. I'm going to say 7-2 on the beer. Dang! That's spot on the money. I was going to say 7-2. There you go. The official Um, 
Tigers on Tap score for Oktoberfest agreed upon first time ever 7.2. Dang, 7.2. I was going that? to change it because I don't be a copycat, but 7.2 is exactly what I was going to say because I don't want to set the bar too high because now that we're entering this series of Oktoberfest, we're going to have what? Oh, we've we've got three, three more, more we got to do, right? What if I next week's is even better than this? And now I'm like, okay, seven, eight, and then it's even better. And I'm like, eight, six, well, and then it's, it's getting crazy. Based off Oktoberfest. I don't want to set the bar too high. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, I get it. 7-2. I think that's right on the money. 7-2. That's a review. All right. For TJ, this is Trey. Come with the cold beer. Stay with the hot takes. Peace. Thank you for listening to Tigers on Tap. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast. If you are interested in content all about the University of Memphis Tiger Athletic Program, hop over to www.gotigers247.com. New articles are published daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for VIP.